everybody, and welcome to another special BAM Monday, Monday Night BAM, where we talk all things sports, we talk all things entertainment, and then at the end of the show, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment, also known as wrestling. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. It was an incredible incredible weekend of sports game sevens out the wazoo as they say buddy uh lots going on in the world of sports lots going on in the world of wrestling lots going on in the world of entertainment kendrick lamar just dropped an album it's incredible uh buddy how you doing today I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's been a pretty busy day. Um, yeah, it's uh, been working literally all day up until now. Took a small oh. little Boris walk. But yeah, it's a uh, long story short. Uh, one of my customer systems just went into failure. So so yeah, I've been been working with uh, the customer IT and a bunch of other people trying to, you know, see what the hell is going on. Um yeah, but it's just, you know, it happens, but uh, especially now in the world where everything is hosted and, you know, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, brave new world. But here we are. Yes, sir. Indeed, it is a brave new world. Yeah. Uh, curse this bloody technology of ours. But uh, hey, nice to see you, buddy. Glad you're uh, away from work and, uh, you know, doing well. Yeah, yeah, thanks man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. The weather has been like it's crazy how, you know, I, I would say the past couple years we don't we go straight from winter to summer, from summer to winter. There's barely anything in between at this point. Yeah, and I I mean, the fall is in my opinion the best season. I love the fall. But yeah, we don't get any spring, very little fall. And we are kind of in our summer. Uh, yeah. at this point, it was 30 degrees, felt like 30 degrees in, uh, Toronto this weekend, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. Really nice. Uh, had to, uh, get some, some, uh, some of the AC work in just cause, uh, the humidity and everything, but today was mm. a little different. It rained a little bit today. We are recording on a Monday. So, so yeah, it rained a little bit today, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely crazy, man, uh, with the weather, with life, with everything, but everything is going well. We have so much to cover, but before that, how are you, Matt? Oh, I'm pretty good, man. Like hanging in there. Like just watched, a, watched me a lot of sports this weekend and uh, yeah, just slugging away. It's actually hilarious. The uh, hobby shop I work for, uh, Sunward Hobbies. We actually, the uh, a couple of the people that work there do some like social media, some like TikTok videos. And one of the TikTok videos that Sunward Hobbies posted got a million views over the weekend, which is like a pretty ridiculous number. It's kind of just like a little unboxing video of this super elaborate ship model, but it's hilarious. My boss bought us all a cake. So I ate like a 1 million TikTok followers or viewers cake today. And Boris, it reinvigorated my love for TikTok. <laughs> you get the eyes, right? Like at the very least, you get the eyes. And 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 one of the things that we're trying to figure out and not figure out but work with is okay we get a lot of views we get comments we get likes we get follows how do we get those people then to follow us and the podcast feeds right like i know that at some point we're gonna have to start posting clips we're gonna have to start posting more podcast related things but you know it's just like now it's just like now that we have the the clicks 
and the views. We need to kind of follow that up. And that's kind of what we're kind of working with right now. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I think it was, uh, just kind of, well, first, yeah, it's a, I just had this idea and I needed a platform for it. So, I mean, like I, I thought this would be a good idea to start. And now that we do kind of have a viewership base and I will keep it going for like a year or two, I can get a full year out of just WWE. I'm sure of it. And then I could probably get a full year out of the rest of the wrestling world at large. And then I might need a new gimmick, Boris, but I could hammer these out every day for the next two years. These today in WWE history things. Um, another thing I wanted to ask, not just you, but we've kind of already talked about it at length off mic but i wanted to pose the question to our listeners because that's what it matters here um we're thinking about moving the bam show permanently to mondays it's not set in stone yet but we just wanted to know how you feel about these monday bams i think it works better for like the post pay-per-view the post like impact special you'll get it, uh, these shows in a more timely fashion so I th- we're leaning toward that yeah, there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense. It kind of gives us a bit of a breather between shows, right? Like, um, even though there is, I guess it's the same amount of days. It just depends when your week kind of starts. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, we, we, in accompaniment with the flagship show, which really focuses on the quote-unquote mainstream wrestling, right? Uh, Bam is kind of like the, the 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 hipster wrestling, and and kind of covers everything <laughs> else. The 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 catch all, as we've always said, right? So kind of having Bam in accompaniment with the flagship show, I think, really ends up working really well, depending on what you listen to and 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 or sorry, what you watch, I should say, uh, because you know we have we do get a lot of listens on on this feed and other feeds just because we do cover what a lot of people probably don't even know exists sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love that stuff talking like even I didn't really know much about certain things such as ice ribbon until I was recommended some ice ribbon and uh, uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto and she kicks ass. I really she's like in some ways she's like a better Riho. And yeah, it's fun to just learn about wrestling. That's what we try to do here. And we also talk about a bunch of junk like basketball and uh, hockey and sports and and television shows. And I was going to ask you, have you listened to the new Kendrick yet? Uh, no, not yet, not yet. That's uh, I have uh, something to do after, so I kind of on my way to do that. I need, I'm gonna probably like load it up, listen, nice. and uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I've been hearing a lot of things about that though today. Yeah, highly recommended. It's a it's a really really good. It's a beautiful album. I've heard it kind of described as like a mishmash, like a mix of all of his previous albums. It kind of tries to encapsulate like all of his sounds. Tries to make like it's it's the mega Kendrick album. You know, and uh, the, the the one song, Mother I Sober, it just like literally like the first time I heard it, I was speechless, knocked me on my ass, floored me. And I was like, like near tears, man. It's a beautiful song. And just Kendrick is an artist. This guy won the won the Pulitzer Prize. Yep. For 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 writing because of his, his skill in, in the rap game. So, yeah, man, uh, it, it's another great album from Kendrick. I can't recommend it highly enough. I've been really, really enjoying it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh so yeah, man, it's just we have so much to chat about. Like, you know, when we started covering the sports, especially the playoffs, especially NHL, you know, we kind of made the comment like, you know, I've never seen a, so many series be so evenly matched. Did we break the record for most game 7s for one specific round? 
Oh, I should have looked that up. Sorry, man. We we broke the podcast cardinal rule. You asked me a question that I don't know the answer know. to, but I actually I do I have no the idea. Answer. But and the answer is ah! yes. Nice. The answer is it yes. is. Yeah. Very good. We did it, buddy. Looks yeah. like we made it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just like so evenly matched. Like almost every 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 series went to a game seven, um, and you know teams that I thought. Were had no place to be in Game Seven. Ended up going to Game Seven. Like even the Boston Carolina series, I thought that was gonna be a much quicker series, right? Uh, Leafs Tampa. We kind of said what six seven or something like that. Yeah, we said Leafs uh, would lose in five or six. Uh, we said Tampa would win in five or six, and that's what it was. It was it was not that the Leafs lost this year. It was that Tampa won. Tampa played really really hard. They're the two time defending champ, and the, I mean like. Toronto ran into the best team in the NHL, arguably. But yeah, it, it was it was a crazy bit. Five out of eight series went to Game 7, Boris, like you said. So we saw the Calgary Flames eke it out against the Dallas Stars. Dallas goalie Jake Ottinger is for sure the MVP of the first round. Unfortunately, he's going home. But if you had to give a first-round MVP, you had to pick this guy. We had over 60 saves in Game 7, losing only because Godreau, uh, Jonathan Hockey uh, for the Calgary Flames scored an absolutely impossible to save shot, like a perfect shot had to beat uh, Jake Ettinger. So, man, Flames moving on to the Battle of Alberta versus the Oilers, who just squeaked by the LA Kings playing that defensive hockey. Like we said, that was like that was a classic battle of the high flying team versus the strong bruising team. Yep, exactly, and that was a really fun series to watch. Um, and it just sucks, like just. You know, at the end of the day, the Kings were just outplayed. They were just outplayed. They got outskilled. And you know what? The better team won. But, uh, you know, the future at least is promising for the Kings at this point. Oh, absolutely. They're full of prospects, too. Uh, So much, though, that they could probably get away with trading one of them or two of them. And getting in like somebody more experienced if that was a route they wanted to go. But yeah, I was very impressed with the LA Kings. They're uh, ahead of schedule and they're looking very good. Um, yeah, New York Rangers pulling it out against Pittsburgh. Tough to see Sidney Crosby come back basically injured and play a very good game in defeat. Uh, but the Rangers with Igor Shesterkin looking really good. Rangers will match up against, as you said, the Carolina Hurricanes who got pushed to the limit by the Boston Bruins in their series. So, and we have the Battle of Florida, Boris, Tampa versus the Panthers. Yep, the Battle of Florida. Who would have thought that in the winter game that's going to happen? But here we are. This is what ha- this is this is what's going to happen now in the second round. Uh, going back to Pittsburgh for one second. We talked about this before, but seeing the big 3 chat one last time yesterday. That yeah. was an interesting picture because I think everyone knows that the big three in Pittsburgh are going to be split up, split up in some shape, way, or form. It could be a very interesting NHL offseason because, like you said, like the big three in Pittsburgh, uh, that being Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, and, of course, Sidney Crosby, two of those people, in my opinion, might be gone. I think only Crosby remains. Yep. I think Malkin and Letang have probably played their last game as a Penguin. Also, buddy, uh, Patrice Bergeron 
It's looking like he, he's, he's probably retired. He took the victory lap around the ice. He was hugging players once the Boston Bruins were eliminated. Um, and that's not even getting into the changes that may or may not be coming in Toronto because five, six years in a row, losing in the first round, something's got to give. You know, that's an interesting question. Like, you know, the the sports viewer in me says, yeah, 100%, something's got to give, clearly, right? But, but there's something about this core that you just want to keep together, right? Like, there's just such a young core. You know they're going to find a way to to kind of uh, per- persevere and move forward from this and, and you know, no one wants to be the laughing stock, right? Like they now hold the, the 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 record for you know losing the most not only straight first round series, you know game sevens. It's like it's like the, the, the amount of records that we have right now as losers, um, you know the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is that is, it kind of sucks. But here's the thing: we put a lot of eggs in this year because the contracts are coming up, and I'm not quite sure that we can afford quite everyone that we have right now no yeah that's a really good point like jack campbell might have played his way out of toronto because he did have a really good series you can't blame the loss on any one player like all of these guys nylander played really well marner was arguably the best maple leaf even better than matthews who clearly showed up and Tavares, who gets ragged on a lot People say this and that. People say he's he's way overpaid. But Tavares showed up, scored timely goals in a different universe. That goal that he scored that got called back was never called back. And who knows? Maybe the Maple Leafs moved on. You know what I mean? But it's a game of inches. It's a game of bounces. And it's a game of luck. And the Maple Leafs just have the shittiest luck in the history of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Statistically, you can't lose as much as the Leafs do. Yeah. So I like if I were if I were the president of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment or whatever, I'm not blowing it up. I don't think they should. But but I realistically think they will. I think they're going to have to get a new goalie because Campbell's going to go somewhere. And I think one of the big four might have to get traded for for a different kind of four. They're going to have to figure something out and try to get like, um, it, well, it's like you said, Boris, like they were the European style team, the technical style team, right? And they still played their asses off and they still almost beat Tampa and they weren't like shying away from contact, but they need a little more physicality, I think. Yep, 100%. That's exactly what what we've been missing. Uh, we need someone to, we need that that McSorley, right? And I hate using that yeah. person as an example. But we just <laughs> need that enforcer, right? To, 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 to kind of hit back so that we don't look like an absolute, goofball of a team um and then you know and then taking absolutely stupid penalties because what was it game two four and six i believe the amount of penalties that the leafs took was absolutely absurd by game you know i think toronto was the most penalized team in the first round yeah that i believe is a fact and uh Certainly game four. That's the one that everyone's pointing to. Like that was a terrible effort in a winnable game by Toronto. And that's what kind of fucked them, man. Like again, game of bounces, game of inches. But yeah, so uh, so just uh, to reiterate our, our elite eight, as it were, we have Oilers versus Flames, the Battle of Alberta, and Blues versus Avalanche, which we haven't touched on too much. St. Louis looking really, really good. Like I said, that depth brother, like, nine 20 goal scorers nine that's outrageous yep yeah that series honestly 
I want to say, obviously, the Avalanche, but the Blues are just looking so good right now. It's tough to bet against the Blues. Uh, they've won the Cup within the last couple of years. Jordan Bennington was a big reason why. He lost his job in the regular season to back up Vile Husso, and uh, Husso kind of shat in his drawers a little bit in these playoffs. Bennington came back in the net, and he's looking like a million bucks again, and now the St. Louis Blues are in the second round. So, yeah, we have Battle of Alberta, Colorado versus St. Louis. That's our Western uh, Final Four. I think we still got to pick the Avalanche coming out of there. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say the Avalanche just because that's who I said at the get-go, yeah. but it would not surprise me if the Blues move forward. And if that's the case, there's a whole other conversation that we're going to have to have about Colorado and being the perennial can't can't just win when they've been expected to win the Cup the past, what, two, three years? Yeah, that's true. In a different, uh, in a in a different way, a bigger choke than Toronto because Toronto didn't ever have like you are the best team pressure. They've yep. never been the best team in the NHL, the Maple Leafs. Yep. Colorado has been that over the past two seasons. Like on paper, inarguably, the best team is the Colorado Avalanche. So it'll be fun to see if they can hold court. Uh, yeah, and in the East, Battle of Florida, Lightning versus Panthers. We got to say Lightning. I don't think Tampa's going to tap out yet i think they're gonna beat florida yep agreed and then rangers versus hurricanes i like the rangers man i like shesterkin i love that young roster yeah the rangers are looking way too good um you know they overcame a very tough cheap team uh so you know let's see what they can do with a much more skilled team Yes, yes, absolutely. So that's kind of where we're at with hockey right now. It was an excellent first round. Just like, just it kind of reminded you of being a kid, you know, those great first rounds, Toronto-Ottawa battles, those Edmonton-Dallas battles with Curtis Joseph in the net. Like, that, those were the days, man, and that's kind of what it reminded me of this first round. It was nice. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It was honestly, I like I said, I, w- I haven't watched so much playoff hockey in many, many years. Yeah, just a treat. Absolutely a treat. Brings us to basketball and the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, 60-plus win team, uh, on paper the best team in the NBA all season, got handled, got physically ejected, forcibly ejected from the playoffs by one Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Was the Suns' loss last night the worst loss you've ever seen in basketball? Like, in your lifetime, was it the worst loss in the NBA? I believe so. I believe 100% it was, at least like from, from, from like that I've seen. It wasn't even close. Like that 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 game was over by that game was over by halftime. Yes. So there was a point where Phoenix was down 41 points before the fourth quarter. People were walking out in a game 7 at home in the third quarter. That's like unheard of. So yeah, this was a true disappointment. And for a Chris Paul Maple Leaf stand, if there's someone out there, tough weekend for you. I guess I'm a mild Chris Paul stand. Like I like him more than I dislike him, but he's a dirty player and I'm not like choked. I'm not broken up that Chris Paul's now probably never gonna win his ring. It's looking like it's looking more and more like it. Like he already said that he is coming back, right? So We'll see, but it's looking it, it, like now you're, the pressure's on. You have, what, one, maybe two more years? Maybe? He's 38 right now, I believe. So, yeah, man, like this is – and he, he ran out of gas yet again at the end of the playoffs. Like it's 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 a tough look for Chris Paul. I think his uh, 
he's going to have to adjust something obviously. Yeah. And who knows if he can do that at 38 years old. Like, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Speaking of running out of gas, he's no James Harden. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers also really embarrassed themselves and, and it's not for lack of trying on Embiid's part, but it looks like James Harden's game has taken a big step back, man. He's looking older and he, he had a game that relied a lot on, uh, not not so much speed, but a certain amount of agility and a certain amount of like first step uh, explosiveness. And yeah, James Harden has lost basically all of that. So at this point, he's a what? What is he like? A, a glorif like a a poor man's, a homeless man's Steve Nash. A, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Lower, 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 lower middle class Steve Nash. I don't know what you would call him. Is he like? Is he on the street, Steve Nash? Is He's, he just? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what. Honestly, I don't know what he would be considered at this point. He's not elite anymore, and I believe that what's going to hurt him is because he's not an elite player. James Harden is someone who really relied on ref calls. So yeah. as he's not elite, he's not going to be getting the ref calls. He wasn't getting the ref calls in the playoffs. That made his his out his his, his scoring percentage that much worse. It's an excellent point, man. Yeah, he was very ref dependent. His game had tons of uh, free throws, tons of free throws. So, yeah, I'm not ready to make any definitive statements, though. I do think it's a little early to just bury James Harden. He could have a good offseason, uh, pharmaceutically or otherwise. Who knows? There are things that could be done to save James Harden's career. I'm not saying it's over, but it sure looks like it's over. Yep, exactly. I agree. Like, it's hard to say and it's hard to see someone bounce back to be 100%, right? Like, it's, it's, he, the style of game that he plays, it's just, I don't, I don't see how he can come back unless he completely changes his game, his approach, unless he goes more in the paint, unless he attacks more and, and tries to get calls that way. But he's not going to be getting those three point calls anymore. No, nah, I think you're completely correct on that, man. I really do. Uh, it would be it would be impossible to think because he he was getting those thirty point scorer calls, like you said, and he's now a fifteen point scorer. So realistically, mathematically, he will get half the calls, and that's what we're seeing. So yep. we have we have our final four uh, in the West, the West final, Golden State Warriors versus Luka Doncic and the Lukaettes, the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a great, great series. It's just going to be interesting to see if Luka can slay the giant, man. Like, this this kid just looks like something else. Like slightly pudgy, not really fast, not really tall comparatively to NBA players. Slovenian kid, but he's just got swagger. He's just got confidence, and he's got skills. He's the best shooter and the best passer in almost every game he plays in. The thing is, he's playing Steph Curry here, so there there might be games where he's not the best shooter. There might be games where he's not the best passer. If Curry's on his game, he's still one of the best of all time. So. Yeah, but okay, but here's the thing, right? And this, I've, I was saying this to a buddy over the weekend uh, when I believe it was last Wednesday when Golden State lost by a ton against... Memphis. Memphis, yeah. And that was once you stop Golden State from shooting or two or three players have a bad night at shooting, you can beat them. Um, Period. Yes. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was, wait- I was waiting for more on that. You're a million percent right, man. That's absolutely the recipe to do it. That's how it has to be done. But hey, uh, I- I- I'm not sure if Dallas is that team to do it. Just because they shut down the departed corpse of Chris Paul doesn't mean they're shutting down Steph Curry. Well, I don't think they have the defensive power to shut down two, three players. I don't think they have the power to shut down Clay and Curry. They might be able to shut one down, but will those points be, you know, will, will will Dallas be able to have someone else step up to get the points that new that uh, Golden State isn't getting? Like, that that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. How good of a defensive game Dallas is able to play. That's that's uh, it's absolutely correct. And they did just shut down the best team. They did just absolutely put the clamps on the Phoenix Suns. So I don't know. Bet against Luca at your own peril, man. I would not put a cent of money on this series, but I would pick the Warriors. It would it would be a lot of fun to see Dallas make the final and Luka Doncic just single handedly lead a team to the NBA final already. Yep, it would be awesome. But I still think that uh, New England or not New England. Pfft. Golden State is the team. <laughs> That's so funny. Too might as well. Beat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said you, New England. Uh, that's funny. You're tired today, homie. Yeah, it's definitely they are a Patriots-esque squad at this point. Uh, Celtics Heat, two of my most hated teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't have a lot of time for this series, but you know what? I am certainly, certainly a fan of Kyle Lowry. We'll be cheering hard for that man. Just uh, one of the most important athletes in the history of the city of toronto period full stop and uh yeah let's go lowry let's go heat yep don't don't have anything else to add there to be honest beautiful so yeah you still taking you still taking the warriors to win the title warriors overheat yeah, uh, I'm going to ride with you on that one. But if the Mavericks squeak by the Warriors, like I, I'm cheering for Luka, I think, most of all. At this point, I think I'm actually in my heart cheering for Luka. Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. And I can see that he's becoming like, uh, you know, the fan favorite for sure. You know, any, any, any person that doesn't have a team left, they're going to be cheering for Luka. Yeah, I think so. That's he's definitely yeah, the, the the fan favorite. He's like uh, he's kind of like how Steph Curry was when Steph was first coming up, like that 2014-15 Steph, where all the kids liked him because you can kind of see yourself in a Steph Curry, right? Like in the land of giants, this guy's just out here, smaller than most kids, uh, most players, shooting threes, you know. And kids actually like look up to a guy like that. And it's kind of similar with Luca because he's he's smaller than a lot of the NBA players. He's got a different game, and he's just arrogant, cocky as hell, which obviously kids always identify with i know like i'm still a big immature idiot and i love arrogant cocky people yeah anyway i base my entire (laughs) uh my entire character off being like that still (laughs) that's why we get along buddy yeah so (laughs) so uh yeah warriors overheat in the nba colorado over tampa in the nhl yep well there's one more sport to talk about, and a sport that a lot of people from Toronto are starting to watch. And what a perfect time for the Blue Jays to get all of their eyes and attention. And that's when they are probably going through, well, not probably, they are going through the biggest losing streak, the biggest WTF streak of the season. Like, this is bad news bears. This is major league quality baseball that we've been playing <laughs> some games. Like, the error, not even the errors, just the mistakes that they're doing, whether it be... Alejandro Kirk literally tripping over second base because he didn't slide <laughs> and he gets himself out to our supposedly and I and I'm just using this because I'm angry. Our supposedly our supposed 
all-star third baseman overthrowing uh, or underthrowing, making Vladimir Guerrero's job at first half near impossible, to lucky hits reaching the bench or reaching you know home run in in stadiums that have no no and no reason to being that small. It's a lot of bad <laughs> you luck. About, you're talking it, about Yankees. Yep. You're talking about Yankee Stadium there, right? That right field. That right field in <laughs> Yankee Stadium. 314. 314. How is that humanly allowed? <laughs> That's barely a softball field. Also, also, just to go back on something you said, you said major league quality, but you said it derisively. So I just want to clarify, you're talking about the movie, aren't I'm you? Talking about the movie. Yeah. yeah. Major league Chevy, movie. Not Chevy Chase. What's his? What's his? Who's in that movie? It's not Chevy Chase. It's uh, what's his face? Guy who's like always stoned out of his mind. Charlie Sheen. Charlie that's Sheen. the one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Che- Chevy che- Chevy Chase is like 15 years older. I was never much of a Chevy Chase fan. I don't get the whole Chevy Chase thing. He missed me anyway. <laughs> yeah, same. But yeah, no Charlie. Sh- yeah, the Charlie Sheen movie like that one. I love Charlie Sheen. Uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, yeah, that that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. No, Wild just- thing. Wild thing, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the Jays, yeah, the man. Jays, the Jays, the Jays. What are they like? Five hundred game under five hundred. Yes. Game over. Thankfully, at this moment, uh, as we record this uh, Monday evening, they are eighteen and seventeen. But the AL is a little weird and bad right now. If the playoffs were to start today, the Jays would, at eighteen and seventeen, still make the playoffs as the sixth seed. So that's encouraging in its own backwards way uh if you look at the al standings though like the white Sox are really good they're gonna probably be in the playoffs at some point uh the red Sox are down there near the bottom i'm not quite sure if they're gonna rise out of that but you'd think they're okay so uh yeah man i don't know it's it's very interesting one interesting team if you look at the standings boris something we talked about they still suck who wait (laughs) i know which team i know which team you're gonna bring up but i'm just saying they still suck I know I can tell by your amount of hatred, but I'm not I'm not ready to say that anymore. I think this team has arrived. I think they're here. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Boris, two of the greatest players to ever lace the cleats up. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout both play on this team. They still can't win jack shit ever, but they're finally off to a good start. They might make the playoffs this year. They won't win jack shit (laughs) because the California Uh, Angels still suck. Oh, man. Singing Boris comes out. The yeah. California, you don't, you, it's, it's so funny. Refuse, refuse to call them what they are. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I refuse, honestly. <laughs> that's that's the equivalent of a baseball team based out of Hamilton being called Toronto. Right. I, I, I understand your point. I, I I like how mad it gets you because I don't give a tin shit about this at all. Ask but, uh, anyone yep. from L.A. <laughs> ask anyone. Yeah. More so, ask people from Anaheim what they think about being considered from L.A. That's a really good point, too. It pisses off everyone involved, both sides of that equation. So I do think it is worth noting, though, that for those of us who don't watch a lot of baseball, the Angels are notable because they have for years had one of the best players of all time, Mike Trout, who's just like this classic skilled five tool, as they say, player does everything like perfectly. He's going to the Hall of Fame. 
Now they have Shohei Otani, who is the first player since Babe Ruth to be an excellent pitcher and hitter. So they basically have two generational all-time talents, and we're all just waiting for this team to kind of do something. So I hope they're in the playoffs. I just want to see the Angels play playoff baseball. I think we all deserve it, Boris. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. They're still, not, <laughs> they're still shitty. Oh, I have zero you're, time uh... for that team. There's two teams in all of baseball that I have zero time for. That is the California Angels and the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, your battle lines are clearly drawn. That much. What about an Angels-Dodgers World Series? That would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Um, it would, but, yeah, you know, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. The Angels won't go anywhere near that. Watch them win this year. Watch me just eat the biggest, the biggest flaming pile of turd by the end of the season, and it'd be San Francisco and Anaheim. Just an absolute bag. Yeah, man, I I would be I would be into that World Series, but I'm still I'm sticking with our BAM prediction: Dodgers, Blue Jays. That's uh, it's a classic homer, the double homer pick for Boris. Here's the thing, though: who do you think I would cheer for? That's a good question. I know who I would cheer I know- for. I, I think you probably cheer for the Dodgers. You're an L.A. boy. I'm an L.A. boy. Yeah, I would cheer yeah. for the Dodgers through and through. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you, man. That's honestly, that's fair. You you grew up there, moved here. I understand how it is. But at the same time, fuck you and your future children. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. I love that. I love that. Uh, well, uh, thanks, buddy. On that note, I think that wraps up sports talk. Pretty yeah, well. I think it's time to chat some wrestling. And what a week it's been in wrestling, man. There's so much going on in wrestling. We're going to really focus on some New Japan Pro Wrestling and some Impact Wrestling. But before we get there, I think we should talk about Kota Ibushi and what the hell is going on with Kota Ibushi and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, because it's a little different, as I understand it, and I obviously am some very privileged white boy sitting here in Canada. I'm so privileged I have a dual citizenship with the United States. Like, I don't understand the culture of Japan at all, and I'm not pretending I do. But from what I have read about this situation, it really seems like the fact that this doesn't happen often in Japan has really exacerbated kind of things, and people are not happy with Kota Ibushi. Yeah. So in Japan, and, and I can say this is because I, I work with a whole Japanese corporation. Like in the company I work for, we have a Japanese subsidiary to do business out of Japan because Japanese do not like doing business unless you're from Japan in some shape or your form. Uh, so, you know, everything is very respectful. Based. And it's very respect based, especially in the job and office setting where you shut your mouth and you do what you're told. So that's the culture, right? Like that's the culture that they've built at the end of the day. Um, so having someone not only speak publicly about wrestling, sorry, sorry, having someone speak publicly about business and what happens behind closed doors in a business setting but then you add the fact that this is a wrestling company this is absolutely huge out there absolutely huge that they were here it's not going to affect business this is 
just you know another 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 footnote in 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 wrestling controversy for the week right but in japan this can lead to a lot of big things and a lot of nasty things so essentially kota ibushi um you know we've it's well documented how injured he's been right and how tired he is and how he keeps coming back getting himself re-injured going back on the shelf rinse and repeat yeah and I can understand his frustration, man. Wrestling is an incredibly dangerous business that he's already given a ton of his body to, a ton of his health to. And, man, this guy is, like, one of the craziest guys in wrestling. So if he actually needs to heal up, like, of all people, of all people in the history of this business, let Kota Ibushi heal up, guys, for the love of God. Exactly. So that is what it comes down to. Apparently, there's a higher up in New Japan Pro Wrestling known as Yusuke Kikuchi, and he is someone who seems to be on the talent relations side of stuff, and he's apparently forcing Kota Ibushi to come back, and Ibushi was trying to say, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, and then this Kikuchi person is apparently saying, you know, then F you. We're going to release you from the contract. You know, you're, you're going to be back blackballed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this led to a bunch of accusations to the point where, um, you know, uh, Ibushi wanted to expose, and I quote, cheaters, gun, and sexually harassing bosses of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, like, this is huge in that sense, right? And there were tweets, and I'm not, we're not going to go through all of them, but essentially, he's saying, he, he's, you know, saying they're trying to get me back from injury. These are the texts, and he's bringing up some of the, um, you know, the Bushi Road, which is the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and their ties to organized crime in Japan. So this is going to end very great for Ibushi in the grand scheme of things, right? But this is like really exposing not only Japanese business, not only pro wrestling, but kind of like the organized crime side of business and stuff like that. So this is actually huge in Japan. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because like you said, like there's also like a seedy underbelly to this but not only that but yeah it's just it's just taboo to do it anyway but he's also kind of breaking kayfabe right like that's still much much bigger in japan than it is in the united states it's not like people there all think it's real but it's just treated with so much more respect uh that it's it's pretty unheard of for any wrestler to just openly acknowledge it's fake and there are backstage workings to begin with right so yeah, and, and a lot of wrestlers, there's only two wrestlers who have made any sort of notion publicly about this, and it's Toriano and Kenny Omega. Um, Toriano's kind of taking a neutral approach, but more on the business side of stuff, where he's not thrilled that Ibushi was confusing fans without these outbursts, um, but he also said that he's still his friend, that he's still part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kenny Omega also tweeted on Friday. Uh, he's, he, he tweeted, Fire of Resurrection will burn bright again someday. Let's hang on until then, everybody. So everyone's trying to be super neutral. Everyone's trying to kind of like, you know, just 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 be a little more tranquilo about the situation. But at the end of the day, it sounds like there are conversations uh, behind closed doors with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Kota Ibushi about his future uh, with the company. But obviously, the parent company of not only New Japan, but Stardom, Bushi Road, they're not too happy. They're not too happy that all of this is coming out right now in a time when Japanese businesses are still hurting from the pandemic. 
Yeah, and I can see their perspective on that too. But at the end of the day, the issue is let the talent heal. Yes. For as long as the talent needs. Uh, and I understand why Abushi is frustrated. Now, did he handle this correctly? No, clearly no. And clearly like much worse for his time and place, right? Than yeah. it would be, like you said, like what's coming to mind for me, the, the most recent terribly bad Twitter scandal uh, that cost somebody a job, I think was ACH, right? Like yeah. that's what's coming to mind first anyway. And uh, I don't even know, like I, I that was that ended up being like a pretty big, a pretty big thing. But yeah, it just kind of, kind of has vibes of that, right? So I would, I would recommend for everyone to get the full breakdown on this if you want more information. There's an uh, an excellent Twitter thread by a man named the Fee Elite. That's T H E F E E L I T E on Twitter. He goes also by the name of Joe. Uh, it was tweeted out on May 10th, 2002. It's a whole big. 2022 sorry obviously and it's a whole big uh thread about everything that abushi said translated as best as possible with context on everything and it's it's actually like a really 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 thorough well put together read it's a great job by this guy and uh, i would recommend if you're interested at this at all at all go and read that thread from the fee elite yep Yep, that's an excellent thread. Uh, one, and that's that's probably the best way to to kind of put a pin on this, and then we can move on to talking some wrestling shows. Uh, so I think we should be talking about a couple shows specifically here. Um, let us talk about Under Siege. We didn't really get a chance to talk about Under Siege just yet, um, and then we can chat about some New Japan Pro Wrestling Capital Collision from this past weekend uh so with the under siege show you know it's been a, more than a week so let's just focus on some of the highlights and for me the major highlight was um mia yim returning already inserting herself in five minutes not even five minutes in a in a few minutes and kind of having a a more prominent position than she ever had throughout her tenure on main roster wwe <laughs> you love to see it actually because she's she's talented and she's she's just like a, a menacing badass presence. She's also had a more prominent position than her husband has in his new company, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, kind of uh, save that one for another conversation. Basking is glory. <laughs> Basking is Boris. Sorry, it's true though. <laughs> At least for now. At least for now. Well, I think, uh, first of all, you're talking about future tag team champion Keith Lee. I'll have you know. <laughs> He's about to win those goddamn titles at the pay-per-view. I'll bet you a, a hundred bucks he is. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I can't really argue that. No, but, like, Mia Yim had an excellent debut after in a pretty good Taya valkyrie Deanna Peraza match. Uh, you know, the whole lights-out gimmick. Mia Yim comes out, attacks Deanna Peraza, essentially just inserts herself right into a prominent role uh, in the women's division. So, you know, and then more happened on TV, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but that was a very major highlight. The other highlight was uh, Moose kind of hijacking the show, and then we had a returning... Um, uh, what's his face? The guy you don't like. That could describe Sammy a Callahan. lot of people. <laughs> that could describe a lot. Yeah, of Sammy Callahan. Oh no. Out. Yeah. Oh, Sammy, the former, the former hacker, the former Solomon Crow. Yep, the former Solomon Crow. Uh, so he came back, and then you know the main event was Tomohiro Ishii versus uh, 
uh, Josh Alexander. And that match was excellent. Probably, you know, it's a match that you should for sure watch. Uh, and it's yeah. a match that we're going to probably be adding on a few lists mid-year and at the end of the year. Yes. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, I had I had gone through cage match. Uh, dot or de, I think it is. It's it's a weird thing. Maybe it might even be dot com. They have a bunch of uh, things. Anyway, so the cage match website, invaluable resource for our list of one twenty two. By the way, like basically the list wouldn't exist without this website. But uh, man, it seems like people also really loved the Mike Bailey triple threat match. Yeah, that right? was like the that other got match, a lot which of was yeah. on the pre show. Crazy, but that's a good idea, man. I don't think every company should treat the pre-show like WWE does. I think some companies should treat it as prestigious, if you will. It should be treated as prestigious, Boris. It should be treated like a big deal because it's the thing that more people are watching anyway. So they should put a good match on there, and they should actually try to entice people to buy the thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Like that, that's the way that it should be treated. But, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just not treated like that, so... You know, what can you do? So those two matches are for sure matches that you should check out. Um, This leads us into the TV. And the major takeaways from the TV is this, that we now, Slammiversary being the 20th anniversary of TNA's inception, we now have booked two major championship matches. Uh, The first match that we had announced was Gail Kim comes out. She announced that there is going to be a Queen of the Mountain match with Tasha Steeles defending her knockouts championship against Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, and Mia Yim. Yeah, girl. So that's really cool. That is actually, I, I love the King of the Mountain matches. They're maybe, perhaps they're a guilty pleasure because I kind of know they're bad, but they're like the best junk food ever. So convoluted and wacky, but so entertaining. Yep, exactly. And this is the first ever Queen of the Mountain. So it's cool that they're, they're, they're getting this opportunity in Impact. One of the better matches from Impact was Josh Alexander and Tomohiro Ishii teaming up against Jay White and El Fantasmo. Go out of your way and watch that. Uh, oh. Very, very, very fun match. Ishii was just classic Ishii here. All the lariats. He hit a basement lariat on El Fantasmo, hit his brain buster, and got the win for his team. So they saved Jay White, and Josh Alexander just looked good because he's Josh Alexander, and when doesn't he look good in the ring? Uh, two things, Boris. One, never. You're completely right. He's looked good in the ring since like Toronto Indies in 2009. You know what I mean? Like Josh Alexander has been great forever. Uh, B, remind me after this show, after this like specific impact thing you're, you're reviewing, I will go through in great detail the convoluted rules to Queen of the Mountain. Yeah, will do. All right. And then the Briscoes kind of said their titles aren't going anywhere. Next week, they're facing Violent by Design in a rematch because they are now the tag team champions. So there you go. That's another thing from Under Siege. Another major takeaway. Briscoes ended up winning the tag team championships. And then there was a gauntlet match uh, where the winner challenged for the world title at Slammiversary. And I'm a little shocked about the outcome. Uh, So Eric Young ends up winning the Mm. match. 
he is facing Josh Alexander at Slammiversary in the main event. Uh, but of note, Eric Young, Chris Saban, uh, they were the veterans. Um, you know, Eric Young was able to fend off everyone else. He'll be challenging Josh Alexander. Uh, seems like a very weird choice for me. Uh, Sammy wow. Callahan and Moose kind of had their own storyline happening. Uh, Steve Macklin and W. Morrissey had their own story happening. So that's probably a, a match to look forward to. And then Rich Swan and Matt Cardona were continuing their war of words. And things got a little physical in this match. So that's basically it. Eric Young versus Josh Alexander for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. And the other match announced for Slammiversary is the Queen of the Mountain match with Tasha Steeles defending against Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, and Mia Yim. Matt, good luck explaining the rules. <laughs> so this is straight off of Wiki, coming straight to you. Uh, the matchup is similar to the more common ladder match, Boris, which has the belt suspended above the ring, and the winner is the one who can retrieve it with the use of a ladder. However, the king or queen in this case of the mountain match is considered backwards in nature to the ladder match as the competitors attempt to hang the belt instead of retrieving it. So it's a reverse ladder match where they're trying to hang up the belt rather than pull it down. Already it's very dumb, but it, it gets it gets much much worse. So and and by worse I mean significantly better for the record. The five competitors in the match start out as ineligible to win the match. In order to become eligible to win, a wrestler must score a pinfall or submission on any opponent. The opponent who submits or is pinned, and this is the big one now, is forced to spend two minutes in a penalty box cage. Hook it to my veins, buddy. Penalty box and wrestling? Are you kidding me? Let's fucking go. I love it. More than one wrestler can be in the cage at a time. This often results in wrestlers fighting inside the cage or forming some sort of an alliance. Once eligible, the wrestler may win the match by retrieving the match's prize, usually a championship belt, and hanging it on the hook suspended above the ring with the aid of ladders. An official maintains possession of the belt, circling the ring, staying out of the action as much as possible. Boris... <laughs> When a wrestler wishes to hang the belt, he must retrieve it from the official. Once the belt is in play, any other wrestler who is eligible may attempt to steal the belt and hang the belt. Once the belt has been dropped and no wrestler is attempting to hang it, a referee returns the belt to the official. And of course, Jeff Jarrett has won the most King of the Mountain matches with me. <laughs> that is all we know about the King of the Mountain match. Or in this case, Queen of the Mountain. Oh man, TNA and their and their rules for these different matches. But you know what? <laughs> See what you want. A lot of them are stupid. A lot of them don't work. But they tried different stuff. Yeah, they do, man. And like this is the stupidest one, and arguably works the least. But God, I love it. It's so, it's so bad, but so good. And like AJ Styles specifically has taken some insane crazy bumps in these matches i believe he was in three of the first four and attempted suicide in all of those matches yep. uh so i was a turn of a phrase sorry to be uh an uh, insensitive event to anyone out there but anyway this uh this match was uh just just a treat just a wild crazy russo-esque mess and i'm excited for it buddy Yep, exactly. All right, so let's move on to New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to be chanting some Capital Collision from Washington, D.C. This card honestly felt like very much of a New Japan Pro Wrestling card where the, you know, the first half was 
meh. It was Young Lions, multiple random tag team matches that had zero. The result really didn't matter at the end of the day. Right. Zero uh, stakes, zero, you know. Zero uh, stakes. Yeah, I think I that's a perfect yeah. way to put it. Um, I do want to uh, have a huge shout out to Tom Lawler for his wrestling gear. <laughs> oh man, the filthiest warrior. He's got the the jean shorts and like denim tassels. It's the best thing of all time. But the best part is that they are not denim shorts. They are boxing or wrestling shorts painted to look like denim. <laughs> oh god, how could you not love Filthy Tom? He's an excellent wrestler, just a strong style beast. Yep, exactly. Uh, so, you know, Chase Owens defeated Great Khan. That match was, you know, Great Khan. after everything that happened in Japan with this man, like saving a girl from, 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 from being kidnapped, how can you not love this guy? That's the thing. Like, he's uh, he's become a natural babyface, this great Ocon. I certainly, like, have a lot more time for him. Although, watching him in the G1 last year was, like, a revelation. I thought he was some big, stiff dummy, like a bad luck fall type. But he's actually, like, very talented grappler. He's a legitimate amateur wrestler, right? So... Yeah, and then in one of the mo- in a convoluted tag team match, we did see a combination of two wrestlers that I want to see more of. That is, you know, it was a, a, a multiple man team. But at one point we saw Jonah go face to face with Jeff Cobb. Nice, nice. That is that is a heck of a future matchup right there for sure. Yep. All right. Things got a lot better when Brody King faced Minoru Suzuki. This match was Ooh. exactly what you thought it was going to be. Hard hitting, all the slaps, all the lariats. The crowd really, really was into this match. Um, Suzuki hit his gotch-style pile driver, which is funny because when he, usually when he hits it, he ends up winning. But this wasn't the case because Brody King does end up winning this match and um, yeah the legend of Minoru Suzuki in North America keeps growing yeah man he's actually he's had an incredible run in the last like couple months wrestling all kinds of different opponents all the colors of the rainbow really love Minoru Suzuki Brody King beats him clean wow big win for Brody King and you thought that was going to be the hardest hitting match of the night. <laughs> you thought wrong because the next match was my match of the night. Honestly, up there very high in my personal list of match of the year. And that's Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. The reason why I act so surprised when I say Eddie Kingston is because this is someone who just a few years ago I wanted, I didn't even care about anymore. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, Eddie Kingston, of all, you know, he's someone that we don't bring up enough when we talk about AEW success stories. We talk about MJF and Darby Allen, but like talk about someone who has completely revitalized his career and is also like always, always a highlight of the AEW television show. Always a highlight is different from a lot of the things on that show. God, I love Eddie Kingston. He's if, one of my favorites. And if anyone says Eddie Kingston cannot wrestle, take that back. Watch this match. This match went a really long time. I don't have times in front of me, but this match went a lot longer than you think. And it was just a pure, good wrestling match with two giant, angry men who have a beef to settle with someone, but they took it out on their opponent. 
<laughs> well put, buddy. Amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. I have heard people say it's their match of the year. I've heard people throw around the big five snowflakes for this one. So I'm excited. I don't want to get too overhyped. I want to go in. I haven't seen it yet, though, Boris. I got to be honest with you. I have not seen this show yet. I'm saving it like a... Like, you know, like a, like a fine wine, if you will. Like, I'm just, it, it's, it's, uh, it's waiting right now. Yep. So Tomohiro for the, Ishii. For the special occasion. Yep. Tomohiro Ishii ended up beating Eddie Kingston via pinfall. And then we had a fun little tag team match. Uh, it was Jay White and Hikuleo versus Kazuska Okada and Rocky Romero. Just a good old Bullet Club versus Chaos tag team match. Nice, yeah, classic. Anytime Okada's in the wrestling ring, man, it's a treat. He, he, we've said it a couple times, but he's in that that conversation of best in the world right now. Yep, and it's interesting because you would assume Okada making the trip to the USA, he would get the win. That wasn't what happened because Bullet Club ended up winning. Uh, Jay White and Hikaleo end up getting the win. So that's a pretty surprising result, in my opinion, considering Okada is the man, your champ. And he's Okada. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty humongous. Absolutely, he is indeed Okada. Okada is indeed Okada. But yeah, man, like, you got to build for the future. So I see it. No, exactly, and that's the thing, right? We always, and I think it's just because I'm surprised that Okada, Okada lost because you know I'm I'm huge. I give New Japan shit for not thinking about the future, right? Not thinking past Tanahashi and Okada, right? Like yes. we're we're so fixated on them. But, you know, you're starting to see some potential future stars. And there's a future star in the making, the newest member of Bullet Club, person he, who just recently won at this show, in this match, the IWGP US title. And that's Juice Robinson, because he went up against Hiroshi Tanahashi, the former champ, John Moxley, and Will Ospreay in a four-way match. Dude, if I did like the Ishii... Kingston match more my personal opinion but I could be talked into liking this match more than Aww. that one like this four-way was excellent yeah I've definitely heard some buzz about this one too good to hear New Japan doesn't ever do a four-way match uh, very very strange to see this but it is the American New Japan show so you know it's understandable interesting main event not the winner that anyone would have expected yeah, I would say that, but at the same time, he just got back to Japan, he just joined Bullet Club, he just went heel, so it kind of makes sense, right? Like, it makes sense in that sense. Uh, he, I think he's now your three-time champion, and Juice Robinson has surprised my like me live. Like, I remember Juice Robinson won New Japan show, I think it was the final... Uh, one of the last um, War of the World War of the Worlds. It was supposed to be Cody versus Juice Robinson, but Cody got injured like the night before in Buffalo and couldn't make the show, so he was replaced with uh, Trent Beretta, and oh. he ended up just him and 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 Robinson just tore the just absolutely killed it, completely stole the show. And this is a show where you saw the Young Bucks go up against um, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Nice. That's yeah, classic. Super Smash Brothers, of course, would later be known as Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, the Dark Order. 
Yep, and well, right now it seems that they're going to be split up at least for a little bit. But uh, yeah, Juice Robinson it doesn't surprise me. It honestly doesn't surprise me uh, that he that he's been given the belt again with the Bullet Club. And really, I can see him staying here in the states for a little bit. I can see him returning to Impact, uh, maybe even possibly having a match at the Forbidden Door show in June. Cool. I could definitely see that. That's a really good call. So I do think I'm just just because I'm reading the results as you uh, as you talk here. I think it's probably worth noting that Juice Robinson pins Will Ospreay. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, and the announcers were talking about whether or not Will Ospreay had his foot under the rope. Is it on the rope during the finish? Under. So the Will Ospreay. Oh, under. Sorry. So the Will Ospreay uh, gimmick of he got beat, but he really didn't get beat continues. And yeah. I, I'm really, I'm really liking this storyline. Yeah, and I wonder what I wonder what the payoff is going to be. Like, I wonder what they're aiming for. Is he the one that's going to beat Okada? I mean, I it kind of looks like it. I don't know who a better option would be. That's who I think it should be. Uh, some yeah. can argue Jay White, but I think it should be at oh. this point Will Ospreay. Here's the thing, though, and then this is kind of a conversation that we started at some point. We know Will Ospreay. We love Will Ospreay, but is Will Ospreay a draw in Japan? And again, that's that question is above my pay grade. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not there, but that's a really it's a really good question. I guess time will tell. So uh, so if I'm correct here, it seems like there were three potentially list worthy matches that I should check out in the fatal four way main event. Uh, Ishii versus Eddie, of course, and uh, Brody King versus uh, Minoru Suzuki. Correcto. Those are the three matches that I for sure would check out. Beautiful. So yeah, I definitely got some homework to do. But no, I love I love me some New Japan and uh, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii is a dream match, absolute dream match. I can't wait to watch that one. I'm gonna give that one the respect and time it deserves. Yep, exactly. I think that you're gonna absolutely enjoy that match. You're gonna have a blast watching that match. The Eddie Kingston match, you're like. A lot of people want to say that he's not a good wrestler. Just watch this match. Just watch this match and watch his earlier stuff with like Cesaro. Um, okay, maybe not some of those matches because they just bloodied each other up half the time. But you know, his earlier work in with Ring of Honor. You like watch that stuff. You can see why he's had a career as long and the opportunities that he was given, and even the opportunity to potentially be a coach in WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. It makes a lot of sense. So I think that uh, kind of wraps it up for now. Uh, definitely, man, I think I think this Monday BAM is going to be the way to go. It just it just works so well with catching all as we would like to do. Be in this net, catching things as they're important, as they're fresh on people's minds. And you know what I mean? Go out and watch these matches that we're telling uh, telling you about, if you'd like, and tell us what you thought about them. We're a family here at BAM. We want we want your input. Yeah, we're a family here on BAM. We're a family here on Sunday Night's Main Event. If you are coming from Sunday Night's Main Event patron feed, send us a note. Come on the show. Let's chat. Let's have some uh, fun reviewing some wrestling. We can review whatever you want. We can chat whatever about you want. If you're a patron, just send me a direct message, and we can sort that out for sure. Um, you know, because this is the beginning of the week, you know, we have all of the shows coming at you including the Rampage Ramble, which, again, last week we were able to feature a uh, a patron for that show, which was a ton of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's so nice to hear fucking people's voices and, and, and you know, 
get some different perspectives on wrestling. It's so dope. So thank you very much to Dax Xavier for showing up, for coming on the show. And uh, Boris, good job on you uh, by organizing that thing, buddy. We thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly what we want to do here on SNME. All right, so we have, I've been chatting behind the scenes with all of the hosts. We have our schedule for the after parties. I'm going to be posting about that. But our next after party is going to be AEW's Double or Nothing. Card is looking crazy. I uh, can for sure tell you that NXT is going to be a podcast in some shape, way, or form. And the only reason is because the very next night is going to be hell in a cell and i believe that you will get a couple more people wanting to watch hell in a cell over nxt 2.0 i think you're on to something there buddy and uh yeah we'll be there with uh with the after show the after party for hell in a cell and for double or nothing man good things coming up this summer here at sunday night's main event don't you dare miss it he's matt I'm Boris. Until next time, remember to stay a little tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.